Who has stood out for the Columbus Blue Jackets during an up-and-down season? Plus, what approach will they take at the trade deadline? We find out about today's opponent next here on Locked on Wild. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, we do a special crossover episode talking Columbus Blue Jackets with Jay Forster of the Locked On Blue Jackets podcast. A little bit of an insight as to uh, what the Blue Jackets have done so far this year, who to watch out for offensively for Columbus as the Wild gets set to face them tonight, and uh, a look at what the Blue Jackets may do at the trade deadline as well. Minnesota Wilds coming off of a 6-5 to shootout win over the Detroit Red Wings. We'll talk about that game, and we will talk about the game against the Blue Jackets on a bonus Saturday episode for you. So giving you a little bonus episode here to end the week, so look for that tomorrow on the Lockdown Wild podcast feed. But for now, let's hop in and let's talk some Blue Jackets. So it's been a million years since these two teams have faced each other. And I thought, hey, let's talk to someone who knows way more about the Wild than I do. Uh, We spoke to Seth Topol very briefly during the playoffs last season for the Blue Jackets bandwagon spectacular. Obviously, it didn't go super well for the Wild. But hey, Seth's great. So I thought we'd have him back on and talk about how the sky is falling in Minnesota. So how's it going, Seth? Uh, It's going well. Um, The Wild's... Hopefully had their get right game after a stretch of hockey that uh, led to me, you know, using props to try to determine um, how we were going to get out of this. And, you know, it is one game, but for it to look as as good as it did gives me hope. And that's all we can ask for. Yeah, I I hear you. The Blue Jackets are doing this thing where they're really good for like two games and then terrible for three games and then good for three games. And I'm just like, can I just have like a one consistent 10 game stretch? Uh, But let's let's start off talking about the Wild because like I said, it's been about 700 years since these two teams (laughs) played each other. Uh, So how is the Wild season going? Is it kind of as you expected or has there been any surprises? Uh, What's... uh, What's going on with the Wild? Well, it's, I think, first and foremost, the team started the season off so well, um, definitely leapfrogging what the expectations were coming into the season. Uh, The hope was that this team was going to be able to be competitive on a nightly basis. I don't know if anybody expected to, at one point, have both the Wild with the most amount of points in the Western Conference, and then to have Money Puck be like, hey... The Wild have the best odds to win the Stanley Cup, not get to win the Stanley Cup uh, at one point. And, you know, we didn't we didn't pull a Nashville or Carolina and hang that banner. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it, it's just fun to have all that chatter around a team that has been so boring 
for so many years. To have flash, to have sizzle, to have style, to be able to go into Madison Square Garden and win and um, point at fans, uh, at Rangers fans that were uh, were heckling the Wild and say, scoreboard, we beat you. Um, it's just it's been a fun season up until this last little road bump in which uh, the Wild dealt with injuries. They dealt with uh, defensive inconsistencies, dealt with some uh, not-so-great goaltending, but got everybody back healthy and uh, were able to beat the Rangers once again. And so hopefully we can get back to some semblance of that team that started the season on such a run and avoid looking just you know, like a deer in headlights for uh, for the last 10 games before this. And um, they maybe aren't as good as the team that started the season, but they're definitely not as bad as the one that just completed that uh, just awful 10-game stretch. They're somewhere neatly in between, but with Kirill Kaprizov, with Kevin Fiala, with guys like that, they are certainly in every game, um, which is way more than can be said for uh, for how they've been over the last few years. Yeah, for sure. I I know I know that feeling. For having covered a first a mediocre Blue Jackets team and then a good but kind of boring Blue Jackets team, right now they might not be very good, but they are also playing pretty fun hockey. So you know you take you take it where you can get it sometime. But uh, let's let's talk about that that fun that that sizzle you said. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, obviously. A very stressful off season for you specifically <laughs> uh, with the with the Kaprizov contract uh drama should we say uh and then he had kind of a slowish start to the season but since then he seems to have picked it up and continue his continuing kind of where he where he left off last season uh so let's let's talk about Kaprizov he's he's super fun but what else do you get from a guy like Kaprizov you know a a determined player determined to have success determined to beat you um, every time he's on the ice, you know, the crazy thing right now is that his uh, 71 points at this point in the season is already a top five season in Minnesota Wild history from a points perspective. And we are 55 games in. He just he seems like such a a unicorn that this franchise has not seen since it came to be after the North Stars left. Um, he, he has such a command of the puck. I, I, I don't remember at any point during Wilds franchise history that I've been following to where you had a guy who could just skate circles around an entire opponent's, uh, defensive zone waiting for the opportunity that he wanted to pass the puck to a teammate, to go for the goal himself. He just, he has an offensive skill set that, is hard to fully match by anybody in the league. He is as gifted of a puck handler as you'll find. He has just this unbelievable way to beat you with um, these super confident passes and plays that he makes. I mean, I between the legs, behind the back, uh, any of those he, he certainly is capable of. But... He plays with not only the flash, but also the physicality as well. I think that's the biggest thing that he's done from last year to this year is there was an assumption that other teams are going to try to target him to wear him down and to um, 
try to kind of get at him mentally so he couldn't have that same impact that he had last year. And he has far and away exceeded what I thought he would be able to do in that category to where if an opponent gets a hit on him, he'll fire back later in the game or the next play to uh, to just say, look, I'm, I'm out here, and if you're going to try to do that to me, I'll be happy to dish it back. But in terms of where he ranks amongst all-time wild greats, he's already climbing the list, which is crazy, but if you think about it, he just he he's everything that this franchise has never had in one player. And so for him to shatter the points record for a season this year, uh, for him to do really anything, it's it's not a surprise because he's just he's capable of anything you can think of at this point. Now you mentioned goaltending, which I feel like has been kind of a, a bugbear for the wild basically forever you know like they had Devin Dubinick who was good for like two years and then he died and then Cam Talbot was really good last season uh you know you've had okay goaltending first of all I would like to try and sell you uh Jonas Corposalo for a first round pick that is uh that is that is what I've been pitching to all of the all of the teams that are that are buying uh he hasn't been great this season I'm not gonna lie he's been injured a lot but he is exactly the type of uh, goalie that can stabilize things down the stretch. He obviously, you know, made Toronto look like fools in the playoff bubble a couple of years ago, which, you know, we love when Toronto gets made a fool of. Uh, so that is that is my first pitch. But uh, is goaltending something that you think, like, is this just a rough spot for Cam Talbot? Is this kind of indicative of a larger issue do you think the Wild go out and get a goaltender? I know that they've said publicly, oh, we're going to go with these guys down the stretch. But also I know that sometimes general managers say things and then general managers go and do the opposite of that thing. You know, it's it's a fascinating angle to look at. And I was, um, at points during this stretch, I was pretty critical of the performance by both Capo and Cam Talbot. Um some interesting tweaks that he made because by all accounts, as far as I could boil it down, it just, it seemed like Talbot with his confidence being lost was trying to guess way too much. He was trying to anticipate where the shot was going to come from next, as opposed to simply reacting to the puck um, in real time. And, you know, I, I made the adage to, you know, a golfer or to kickers where if you if things start to go wrong, you try to overcompensate instead of just doing the thing that you need to do. And, you know, also it looks as though he was playing a little too deep in his own net at points to where he didn't really offer himself the freedom to uh, to use the entire crease. And in the game against the Rangers he was noticeably more active and uh, more, I think more sure of himself. He did end up coming in in relief of Capo Kakinen against the stars and shut them out for the final like 22 minutes of that game. So I kind of wondered if that was going to be a spring point for him to get that confidence back and be able to get back on track. And it certainly seemed at least at this point, like it is, it doesn't surprise me that Bill Guerin 
is at least publicly saying that he's going to stick with this group because of how good this group was going early in the year. Um, but I, I, it's it'll it'll be interesting to see this next week for sure. If we start to see some struggles continue uh, in the net for uh, for Talbot and for uh, Capo Kakinen, then it wouldn't shock me at all if Garen goes out and gets somebody. But it, it he must have had something that somebody on the coaching staff was able to diagnose and say this is a technical problem or you know a a confidence problem. It's not something that can't be fixed going forward and. A big key is going to be how he does against uh, the Flyers, and then, of course, against the uh, the Blue Jackets. I would imagine Kappa will start that game. Um, but either way, if these guys rebound, this is a very dangerous team. If not, Bill Guerin's going to do something about it, and you know maybe they do end up uh, taking a flyer on uh, Mr. Corpusalo, somebody. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see because Bill Guerin also – is somebody that makes moves that we don't necessarily expect. And so it would not surprise me at all if he goes and does something that nobody was in on just because he likes to uh, he likes that poker angle to this of, uh, of trying to kind of be a good bluffer and, uh, and read other general managers. So don't be surprised at all if he does something. Other than that, he probably will just kind of let this team ride out. Yeah, Blue Jackets fans know very well about the general manager that likes to keep his keep his cards close to his chest, shall we say. Yama Kekalainen is a man that kind of does what he wants and also doesn't really announce what he's doing until it's uh, already done. Uh, in a minute, we are going to flip the script, and Seth is going to ask me about my horrible, terrible children. Uh, but first, I want to tell you about Bilt Bar, because... You know, you've, you've heard it all by now, but I'm here to tell you, Built Bar is incredible. It is delicious. It is nutritious. It is uh, a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. And if you haven't tried it, you definitely should. But if you have tried it, but you haven't tried the Built Puffs, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. They are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy. They are soft. They are delicious. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. There's incredible flavors, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana, cream pie. They're my favorite, and they're going to be yours as well. Built Bars are low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs, high in protein, high in fiber, high in deliciousness. And here's the best bit. If you go to built.com, you can use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Once again, that is promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 for 15% off at built.com. All right. Oops, sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I was just going to say, we have to uh, thank everyone for making this their first listen of the day. This uh, squad cast, Locked On Crossover, between Locked On Blue Jackets and Locked On Wild. You can find both podcasts wherever you get your podcasts. And also on YouTube, we are free and available. If you are a first-time listener or a regular listener, we... uh, we appreciate you. Let's talk some Blue Jackets. Um, obviously, the uh, the season, as you alluded to, been a little bit of an up and down road for Columbus. Uh, was that the was that the assumption going into the year that it was going to be a Blue Jackets team that would you know have some moments where they you know they surprise people, but then have some moments where they came down to earth a little bit? What was 
what was coming into the year the expectation for how Columbus would do? Uh, I mean, generally speaking, I think the the consensus was that Columbus was going to be an extremely bad team. You know, they were going to challenge for the lottery pick. They were going to be they were going to challenge for the bottom of the league, and then they kind of they started the season. Uh, they went seven and three in the first ten games, and everyone was like, "What's going on? This we didn't we didn't expect this. How do how do we react to this?" Uh, and then you know they've kind of come back down to earth a little bit, and like I said at the at the top of the episode, they've been uh, inconsistent. Uh, is probably the the best word for them. Um, I saw a, a stat earlier today. They haven't had a winning streak or a losing streak longer than four games this season. So it's very much a, they win three, they lose two. They win three, they lose one. They win one, they lose three. You know, it's very up and down. They haven't really had a chance to get a uh, a proper win streak going or a proper losing streak. So, you know, it's not it's not the end of the world. Uh, so I think my... My opinion going into this season was that the Blue Jackets are playing with house money. They are an incredibly young team. They've just entered what would be like the first year of what Kakalainen is calling a retool or a reset, not a full rebuild. Brand new first time head coach, the uh, John Tortorella experience is uh, is over, it's done with. Um, you can see a difference in the team. But for me, I was like, right. Any any position above eighth in the Metro division that they finish is a win for me. And they're currently sitting at fifth. Uh, New York Islanders, who they play, they played yesterday. Uh, they play in a bit as of the time of recording this. We're actually recording before that game. But uh, they could catch them, but I don't think that they will. Uh, the Islanders have also had their struggles. So the the... A pit, like I was kind of of the opinion that the Blue Jackets were going to be better than everyone said. I didn't think they were going to be good. But I thought they were going to be better than everyone said. And so far they have kind of been middle of the pack, which is, I will, I will accept that for, a, like I say, for an extremely, extremely young team with a lot of new faces. Like I, I didn't check. Um, I would be willing to bet that the number of guys on the roster tonight versus the Wild that were on the roster the last time these two teams played. I'm going to put the over-under at eight, and I'm going to take the under. Oh, my. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's it's similar for the Wild in that they've had uh, a lot of turnovers since Bill Guerin took over um, as well. I do want to, I do have to, um, ask about everybody's favorite Bond villain, uh, Patrick Line, you know, one of the uh, obviously one of the the movers and shakers of this uh, this Blue Jackets team, twenty two goals on the season. Who else? Uh, who else have been some of the players that have helped kind of funnel this uh, this Blue Jackets offense? Who else are the uh, the players that Wild fans should be keeping an eye on um, to potentially score goals for Columbus? Uh, well, Oliver Bjorkstrand, who I have said for a long time is one of the more underrated goal scorers. In this league, he's very quietly probably the best two-way forward that this team has. He's kind of streaky, you know. A lot of a lot of goal scorers are, so he'll go a couple of games without scoring, and then he'll score goals in four, and then he'll go quiet again. Uh, he's kind of heating up at the minute. He's got, I think, four goals in his last five games. He's hit twenty goals on the season uh, against Toronto on Tuesday. Um, so he's one that the Wild 
definitely have to look out for. And because he's playing on the second line, uh, obviously we've split him and line A up. So we have kind of that double threat of who, who do you want to mark? Do you want to mark, do you want your top line against line A? Do you want your top line against Bjorkstrand? Um, another player, which if you told me at the start of the season that Boone Jenner was going to be leading this team in goals, I would have laughed in your face. Like I love, I love Boone Jenner. I have always been a huge Boone Jenner fan. Uh, he had a 30-goal season in, like, 2015 and then has never scored more than 18 goals since then. Jeez. Uh, put the C on his jersey, and he's, like, a new player. Uh, I think probably a little bit of that helps that he's on. He's been centering Patrick Laine for most of the season, uh, which, you know, you could probably put me on a line with Patrick Laine <laughs> and I would get a fair amount of, uh, a fair amount of points. But he... I don't know, some guys... Some guys, you put the captaincy on them and they struggle. We saw it with Nick Foligno, who, again, I love Nick Foligno. Uh, I think he's one of the best, most beloved Blue Jackets ever. I would not be upset if his number went into the rafters after he retired. He struggled when he got the captaincy. He did not play very well. I think the, it was a combination of all of this added pressure and probably a little bit that he overperformed uh, he had a 71-point season, I think, the year before he took the the C. And so I think there was he was never going to get that again. So I think he he struggled. Boone Jenner has been the exact opposite. He has taken the captaincy, and he has taken that first-line center position. Uh, and he has also stolen all of Patrick Laine's power play goals. That helps. Um, he has... A lot of his goals have come from just deflecting Patrick Laine shots into the net, which is uh, extremely <laughs> funny because everyone was very upset that Patrick Lainey wasn't scoring goals at the start of the season. And then I looked and was like, no, it's because he's been shooting the puck like a madman and Boo Jenner keeps getting in the way. So uh, those are those are really the, the top three threats for the Blue Jackets at the minute, I would say. Um, final one that I have before we flip to kind of looking at the, uh, the matchup in this game. Obviously, you mentioned it is a retool, not necessarily a rebuild. So trade deadline strategy, um, sellers or neutral for uh, Columbus this year? God, it's, I have been questioning this for, God, basically since January. (laughs) I can't tell because the Blue Jackets are in that weird place at the minute where they are. They could make the playoffs. They probably won't. They are, I think... 11 points back of the second wildcard spot with two games in hand on uh, Washington, who currently holds it. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could go on a hot streak and Washington could go on a cold streak and they could make the playoffs. I don't think it's super likely, but it could. And so you're like, do you sell and eliminate the possibility of making the playoffs? And then once you get into the playoffs, you know, if you make the playoffs, you have a chance to win the Stanley Cup. As unrealistic as it is, we've seen eighth seeds drag themselves into the playoffs before and the cup, you know, Los Angeles in 2012, courtesy of of Jonathan Quick playing like a madman. Um, You know, so if the Blue Jackets make the playoffs, then there's no telling what could happen, you know, uh, Tampa Bay a couple of years ago. You know, who saw saw that coming? Certainly not me. I wish I'd put money on it. Hmm. Uh, But I did not. And uh, so it's really tough to be like, well, yeah, we should sell. Uh, I'm... Try, obviously, Jonas Corpusalo, I don't think we're going to get a first-round pick for him, but I'm trying to manifest that. Uh, I'm also trying to manifest Max Domi to Toronto for a first-round pick because I feel like Dubas is that. I feel like I could get that from du- from Kyle Dubas. He loves the hometown guys. Max Domi is exactly the kind of trade deadline 
player that GMs love. Uh, so it's tough because my my heart says yeah, push for the playoffs. My brain says sell. I would be surprised. I would not be surprised if Kekalainen does nothing. If he kind of quote unquote rents Corpusalo and Domi to himself for this playoff push, because uh, he Kekalainen hates the trade deadline. He hates free agency. He loves the draft and he loves developing players himself yeah. through the organization. Um, so I would be I would be shocked if the Blue Jackets were buyers. But I wouldn't be surprised if they sell. Uh, my expectation is that they just kind of sit where they are. See if they can get into the playoffs with this group, then fine. But don't give up, don't give up assets. And I don't think it makes sense to sell, especially with the goalie market is what it is. Like I could see them flipping Domi. I don't think. I think Corpusala will be here till the end of the season. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm in a similar spot with the Wild in that, you know, if if you're asking price for Claude Giroux as a first round pick an NHL-ready player, and a prospect, I am of the belief where even if the Wilds, you know, continue to get back on track, I'm, I'm not super thrilled about paying that potential price. So, you know, sometimes sometimes the best option you can have is just to uh, ride with what you've got. And so we'll, uh, we'll see because obviously there are still uh, a couple of weeks until, well, 11 days technically as we're recording this until the trade deadline. So um, it'll be interesting to see how everybody does, um, whether it be buying, selling, staying put, or whatever Ken Holland decides to do, it'll probably be the wrong choice. So (laughs) uh, we are going to dive a little further into this matchup in previewing tonight's game between the Wild and the Blue Jackets. We'll do that next, but first... It is that time of year again as college basketball's NCAA tournament is finally upon us. For all the latest odds, contests, and player props, betonline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games, the NHL as well as we continue to push towards the Stanley Cup playoffs. So head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find it all at BetOnline, where the game starts. Finishing today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blue Jackets. And uh, looking at the game here tonight, Jay, I always am concerned about the special teams. And, you know, I was just looking it up, and both Columbus and the Wild are kind of in similar spots. They're they're not exactly in the middle in terms of uh, power play and penalty kill. Um, They're either above it or below it. Above it in the case of the power play, below it in the case of the penalty kill. Um, Coming into this game, have the special teams for the Blue Jackets been trending in a positive direction, trending in a negative direction, or in the case of the Wilds penalty kill, trending towards making me just a, a wasteland of despair? God, yeah, that's kind of how I felt about the special teams all season. Uh, the it feels weird to say because the the power play is currently sitting at twenty third in the league, uh, 
it's been trending upwards for a while now, and I think because it was so goddamn awful <laughs> for so long that now it's like I think we have power play goals in like three or four games straight, which is basically winning the Stanley Cup as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Like the power play has been god awful basically since Sam Gagne left in 2016. Like that was the last time the power play was good for this team. Um, and I'm still not convinced that he didn't curse us on the way out the door, but that's that's besides the, the point. Uh, the surprise for me has been the penalty kill. The penalty kill has kind of been all over this season. Uh, it goes through stretches where they're like, oh man, they've killed off 28 straight penalties. And then they give up three power play goals in a game. You know, it's it's the, it's the, the word of the day. It's yeah. in, you know, inconsistency. Um, and it's very strange because for a long time, the penalty kill was the Blue Jackets' big strength. They were, especially under John Tortorella, defense first on basically all aspects. And I think that's why the power play suffered. Uh, I've talked kind of at length about John Tortorella versus the the power play. Uh, so I won't get into it in too much detail here. But I think basically players were so afraid of making mistakes that they just didn't do anything because they knew if they made a mistake, they were going to get stapled to the bench. That is not happening with Brad Larson. He's letting players make mistakes, which is good because I think we have two players over the age of 30 uh, this season. And obviously, Cole Sillinger is bringing that average way down because he's like twelve. Yeah, but it's a very, it's a very, very young team that is going to make mistakes, and Brad Larson is letting them make mistakes. Um, unfortunately, that means that sometimes the penalty kill is not very good and the power play is not very good. But I'd rather have them make the mistakes in this a year where we're not expecting a lot than to uh, go all out and have you know. Oh, you made a mistake on the power play, but even though you're 21 years old and this is your first time playing yeah. PP1, like sit on the bench. No, he's not doing that, which is which is great. Um, the Wild found a new a new strategy to help kind of inflate their penalty kill. Uh, in the game against the New York Rangers, they did not commit a single penalty. So a, a penalty kill that came into that game, I think 14 for their last 26 in terms of killing penalties, which is something. Thanks. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> so, and I'm of, of course I'm being a little facetious, but um, obviously it would be a great strategy to just not commit a penalty um, every game. That. That's my favorite strategy. The yeah. Blue Jackets love to do ice crime. Uh, and again, I think it's because Tortorella's not here anymore and they're not scared of the coach. Um, Jacob Voracek is a big fan of doing ice crimes. Uh, because I guess he's he's old and grumpy and he can do what he wants, <laughs> which I'm fine with, but I don't appreciate that. I don't know, maybe he just thinks that they need to practice the penalty kill more, which I do appreciate because they probably do need to practice it more. But also, if we could have just a little more shots on goal and a little less ice crime. Yeah, it'd be great. Um, so it'll be interesting because I, I did feel like the Wild were kind of getting a little too sucked in towards the net on the penalty kill. And, you know, then you're giving your opponent the opportunity to just do whatever they want with the puck. You're not being a, really aggressive. And so after a game in which they didn't have to worry about it at all, it'll be interesting to see if there's – the the Rangers game could be hopefully a building block for, like, everything. Power play looked good. Penalty kill did not become a problem. Goaltending looked good. And so hopefully all of that is fixed. But the crazy thing is, like, the Wild have been so good in five-on-five, five, 
and uh, six on five um, this year. That you really you look up at it, and the power play is you know nineteenth at this point, I think. And so you're like, eh, it's not great, but they really haven't had to rely on it all that much with the lines doing their thing. And so, would I like to see the numbers improve? Yes. Is it super critical that they do? Probably not. So it's it'll be it'll be worth watching because of the penalty kill, I think. But um, power play wise, I just look for Kirill and for Fiala to do their thing uh, in normal five on five, which they have done all season. Yeah, the Blue Jackets are kind of I'm in, I'm in the same ish kind of boat where I'm like the five on five has been a problem. So the special teams might also be a, might as well also be a problem, but uh, yeah, like I said, playing playing with house money. It, I'm just excited when we score goals. Um, I will say that if the Wild are down by one, then I would like by by the time they pull the goalie, I fully expect them to equalize uh, because watching the Blue Jackets try and score on an empty net is comical. Like it is just. It is a Benny Hill sketch of epic proportions watching this team of idiots try to put the puck in the net from like 150, 150 feet away. Oh boy, the um, the Dallas Stars, they had two empty net goals, but I think I think they took 14 shots at the net with cuz Yeah, that sounds that sounds like Columbus. The Wild the, pulled they pulled the goalie with I think nine and a half minutes left to play in the third, which Love that, by the way. God, I love that. I'm I'm all about that. The Florida Panthers did the same thing against the Blue Jackets a couple of weeks ago. It was like eight and a half minutes left, and they pulled the goalie. I was like, yes, yeah, I love this. And then I watched them try to score on the empty net for eight and a half minutes. I was like, I don't love this. Um, but yeah, uh, Dean Evason is, and that's kind of where I was going to go next, coaching wise. Dean Evason is, you know that that meme of the. Uh, the guy looking in the window and it says sickos underneath him and he's laughing. He's like, ha ha. <laughs> yes. Like that's Dean. Dean is just, I, I just, I love Dean so much because, and, and not to say that, you know, under Bruce Boudreaux or even Mike Yo or any of that, not to say that those guys weren't, but Dean is just so like, he's just so refreshingly honest. Like we see coaches so many times in other sports who, hide everything like they have they have their little like cue cards that they look at and it has the right answers but then they're like I'm not going to tell you what's on the card Dean is just you know he he tells it how it is and he just has such a way of knowing what needs to be done to motivate everybody on the team sometimes it it requires a player being called out for a bad performance sometimes in the case of this this last run where they were two and eight, it requires, you know, pointing out things that are going wrong, but trusting the players to do what they need to do to fix it. And, you know, he's, he celebrates wins better than any coach in the league. I promise you that. So he, he is the best and it's just, it's fun to have, you know, that, that coach and GM combo that you feel like can really build something special here in this state um, and not like the juggernaut from the last 20 years that they'll grind out a two to one win, but you're really going to have to sweat through two and a half periods. Cause you get that, those two early goals, 
and that's it. Like, I'm just, I'm so glad that we've turned to, you know, elite offense, intricate offense, and uh, not like win a game two to one and you're just, you're sweating bullets the uh, entire final two periods. Yep, the, the, the old third period full penalty kill is uh, is what I used to think of when uh, when Tortorello was in charge. Uh, let's, uh, let's finish off with uh, some prediction fun. I would like the final score of tonight's game, and I would also like the game winner. Who's scoring the game winning goal? I am going to go four to three wild because I think on the road, the wild have been a team that maybe falls behind, but um, is able to kind of gather themselves and uh, have a good second period. And then in the third period you're going in um, just guns blazing. And so I'll say four to three wild game winning goal for Kevin Fiala as part of of a hat trick. Yeah, that feels that feels emotionally right. The, the, <laughs> the Blue Jackets love to give guys hat tricks. Is there anyone on the Wild that hasn't scored their first career goal yet? The Blue Jackets love to give guys their first career goals. Um, <laughs> I don't think he will play, but I, I would imagine, well, I don't know if he's even on the roster yet still. Mason Shaw, who was with the team over the last handful of days with injuries to Matt Dumba and such, um, he would have been prime candidate for that. Um, Rem Pitlick, before he was traded, would be prime candidate for that just rando hat trick. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like, oh, who hasn't scored a goal in a million years? Like, we gave who was it? We gave Keith Yandel his first goal of the season. Oh, uh, we gave when we played the the Blackhawks a, a couple of couple of weeks ago. We gave Ryan Carpenter his first goal of the season in. January or February, whenever it was. I'm like this this team. I'm going insane. But uh I'm gonna go five to four blue jackets in overtime because looking at both teams in terms of goals for per game and goals against per game, it looks like there's gonna be a lot of goals and not a lot of goaltending. Uh so I'm gonna go five to four overtime. And uh it's gotta be Patrick Line in overtime. It's just it's gotta be. So uh I do think that those four wild goals, three of them will come from Kevin Fiala, though, because now that you said that. that, I'm like, yeah, that just, like, spiritually, that feels right. Well, and the funny thing, too, is I've been leading this crusade to try to get Kevin Fiala to be the one that's re-signed. It's between Kevin Fiala and Matt Dumba. Like, it mm. feels like one of them is going to be gone in the offseason. And I'm of the belief, like, look at what the offense has done since Fiala and Matt Boldy got put together on the same line. Like, you can't break that up. You just can't. And so if he has a if he has a Hattie, he'll be, I think, on pace for like 40 goals this year, which is crazy considering he had three heading into December. Um, yeah, who knows? Wow. Hockey, hockey is the big, beautiful game from what I've been told. And uh, it's, because, it's also nonsense. Yeah. So we'll see. I hope for Hattie. Um, I'd also love to see a wild goalie goal at some point. Yeah, Elvis has been. I I think it's gonna be. I, I assume you'll see Elvis on uh, on tonight's game. Kopsalo is slated to play tonight slash last night, depending on uh, you know as of as of time recording this, etc. So I would, ex- I would assume that you're gonna see Elvis, but uh, he has been gunning for a goalie goal all season, 
It's extremely good. It's extremely funny. There was a, there was a very good bit last season where the Blue Jackets had the empty net and he went over and said to John Tortorella, I'm going to try and score. You can't be mad if I mess up. Um, he's just, he's a delight. I love him. Yeah. I Goalie goals, always. That's that's my my opinion. But uh, we should probably wrap it up here. And uh, you should tell the fine people of Locked on Blue Jackets where they can find you and you and your podcast in case they want to catch up with uh, our expansion draft. Yes, absolutely. Um, You can follow me uh, at Seth T-O-U-P-S on Twitter. That's where I'm most active. I haven't figured out the way to simultaneously tweet off of two accounts yet, Um, but we're getting there. And make sure to follow Locked on Wilds wherever you listen to podcasts. Also on social media because we're doing the uh, Locked on Madness tournament. Um, trying to find the best wild player of all time. Former Blue Jacket Miko Koivu um, is just churning right along uh, in the voting. I, so. I believe it. Personally, I'm voting for Marcus Foligno. I don't care if he's eliminated. That, that's my vote. He, we, he, love, we love Foligno's here in Columbus. Yeah. He unfortunately was beaten by Fiala. How about that for a matchup, though? Fiala and Foligno? That's, that's tough. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's fun. You can find it on our Lockdown Wild Twitter account. Uh, Voting will resume um, probably by the time you're listening to this. So uh, make sure to check that out. Make sure to check out Lockdown Wild wherever you listen. We'll keep you up to date with everything Minnesota Wild related. And uh, you can find me over at uh, underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. If you're watching on YouTube, obviously you can see it's right down here because my name is a nightmare to spell. Uh, I'm sure you can relate to that. Uh, you can find Locked on Blue Jackets wherever you get Locked on Wild. Uh, we are on all of your podcast apps of choice. We are now on YouTube, which is very exciting uh, for me personally. I have joined the YouTube train, so uh, make sure you check out Locked on Blue Jackets there. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, make sure you check out Locked on Wild and Locked on Blue Jackets. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. And uh, until tomorrow, make sure you stay locked on.